0: to say most people in vintage collecting won't will know his name. Uh, I'm with Ross Barr. Good evening Ross.
1: Hey Stuart, how are you doing bud? How's it going?
0: I'm all good mate. Thank you ever so much for coming on and chatting about your collection because it is impressive. At this current time we are in isolation and you did a fantastic fantastic video of your collecting space and your collection which was which was wonderful to see. Um, I think that was over on the 12th back group wasn't it? It sure was.
1: Man, that feels like a, a million years ago. It was about six weeks, six and a half weeks ago. How,
0: <laughs> how long this time has gone when we've been in uh, lockdown mode? We were only talking about this on our last show, how you're quite fortunate you have bigger properties than what we generally do over here. And your collection space is incredible. An amazing, amazing space. And you have decorated that incredible, haven't you? You know, let's just talk about your collection room for a minute. The ceiling's got every card back on it.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm uh, a Han Solo focus collector. So the the door to the collection room has it's painted in in the style of uh, Han Solo and carbonite, which is pretty neat. The the painter the, the artist that I commissioned to do it. They gave it kind of a three D look. So even though it's painted and it's two D, it gives you the impression that the hands, you know, as he's kind of uh, holding his hands out in horror as he got frozen in carbonite, or or. in in a 3d kind of coming at you so that that's the entryway to the door and on the ceiling as you mentioned are each of the han solo variation card fronts um offerless stickerless um you know so each of the variations Han original Han hawk bespin trench coat and carbonite um, in in a large size and then on the back all the backs kind of Floating around those five images in a row in a much smaller size are each of the cardback variations throughout the line um, now i didn 't do for, for example twelve a twelve b twelve c all basically look the same so if a cardback looked the same i didn't repeat it three times uh, obviously there's only so much room you have on the on your ceiling um, and I just wanted everything to look different so I think there's 30-some, maybe 30 to close to 40 card backs that, you know, look different. Again, a 41B and a 41C looks the same, um, I believe. 41C or D, I'm well, I'm I'm screwing that up, but you get the point. You get the point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's neat. So I was originally going to have that painted, but there's so much detail to that, um, to all the card backs and fronts, and it would have looked, you know, not the best quality to have someone paint that. And it probably would have cost me a fortune to paint all that. So all those, you know, I got very high resolution images and printed them to canvas almost like wallpaper and then had them pasted to the ceiling and some airbrushing around them to, to make look like there was a a 3d effect to it. And then that's, that's the ceiling and each, each of the three main walls I had, and I think we'll talk about this in a little bit, but had the borders of the walls, drawn in like it was the border of a vintage card, a uh, Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back and a Return of the Jedi. Not, not, this, not what would be in the center of the image. No card back images, no bubbles or anything like that. Just the border, that racetrack. And at the very top, you know, the, the different logo, Star Wars, uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And, and the, obviously with the Star Wars one, there
0: is a Hildebrandt logo on the top right as well. It is. It is fantastic. It looks so clean and crisp. Thanks. Anyone who hasn't seen it really should go and see it because even your, even your loose collection you have got as the back of, a, back of a card, haven't you? You've done it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's a gentleman named uh, Matt Volpato um,
0: who created these displays
1: that mimic the back of different carded figures. Um, so for my full run in 92, you know, it's that yellow background. With at the very bottom, you know, the the number with each of the characters name and then, you know, rows across that you could put the figures where they sat in the multiple rows on, on that yellow card back. Just just iconic. A great way to to put your your loose collection.
0: Um, and he does a great job. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. It does look fantastic. Absolutely love it. Thanks, man. I'm not sure. I haven't checked this recently, but you used to be an admin across the timeline groups. Is that still the case? It's not. It's not.
1: You know, I I was originally an admin for, uh, as you said, what people call the timeline groups: 12-back, which was Star Wars Early Vintage and Empire Strikes Back and Return the Jedi. And just about three years ago, I I joined Collector Archive Services as, as an owner, invested in that company, which had just been around a few months at the time. Um, and so I, I knew that that was going to become more of a time commitment. So at the time I dropped out of Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi um, and, and did stay in the 12 back group because that was you know, my, the first group that I, I started and were a part of and is kind of my home. Everyone has their little home, their favorite place on, on Facebook when it comes to collecting groups, even though there's 7000 Star Wars collecting <laughs> Facebook groups. Right. Everyone has that one that's kind of their home. So that, that's my home. And so I wanted to remain there and I've remained there. Now, I don't, unfortunately, over the last few years, I just, because of time and constraints and family and CAS obligations, I I probably am not as active as I used to be in in admitting, but I give when I can. And luckily, there's some other really, really great guys
0: that run that group and keep it going. I think out of uh, all the Facebook groups, I always think the 12 back group is probably the best place for an education or. Or learning stuff because, like I say, some of the some of the bigger collectors are in there, aren't they? Who have got that uh, experience? And I always uh, always find it a bit more.
1: Yep, I'm glad to hear that. It's it certainly got better once I stepped down a little bit. So
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, well, you, you said it. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, now you just just alluded to it there. You're part of the CAS group, one of the owners. You do grading there and preservation. Yeah,
1: I mean that was one of the things that really attracted me to the company when they first came out because, you know, they they debuted, um, soft debut, October of 2016. And, And when the company started, they lived close to, they started out close to where I live. And, you know, they came out at the time there was... Uh, other companies that were still doing U-grading and pulling pulling figures off of cards to put into a case. And, you know, CES came out of the box and said that they w- wouldn't do that um, and brought a preservation angle. And it was more about the aesthetics and display and, you know, properly preserving these you know iconic pieces of history as opposed to just chasing grades. You know, obviously, we provide a grade and the grading it, in um, that third-party objective view is an important part of what we do. But you know, really put the focus more on the piece, more on preservation, more on display, more on documentation. And that was attractive to me. And, and I've kind of carried that forward as the focus of what we do and how we try to make an impact on the hobby. Yeah, I think you, you do it for the right
0: reasons, not just for a, a quick buck, I think. That's not like some of the other grading companies. Although both yourself and AFA, big hats off to you with, with uh, what you've done during the lockdown for the hospitals. I don't know what it, they're called what are they- yeah
1: it's, it it's it's in uh, intubation shield so essentially you know as as, as the frontline workers battle covid-19 um, the sickest patients have often needed to be intubated which means that they stick a tube down their throat in order to then put them on a ventilator to help them breathe now if you can imagine when someone's intubating when a doctor or nurse or other health frontline worker is intubating someone you're literally imagine the patient's laying down that Healthcare professionals face is literally over top that other per the the patient's face It's as close as you're ever going to be and probably the highest risk of infection. And so um, There was a bunch of companies that had done this and we we saw it Um, They were making these acrylic shields were essentially created a barrier between the patient's face but obviously the the beauty of acrylic not only for toys, but for something like this is it's see-through and and not obstructive when it comes to viewing what's below the acrylic. And so it created a shield, a barrier that would allow, with some holes in the box, it would allow the person to still intubate, but have a complete shield from their face to the patient's face. You know, over the last several weeks, we've been producing, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens. I think we're over 200 um, of these shields at no cost to the hospitals. You know, as I've described it to to some of my partners in, in CES and other people I've talked to, you know, it was always very rewarding to me that I've had through CES and, and CES itself has had a profound impact on a lot of collectors, collections, and we've helped people create interesting custom pieces. And it, it really gives me purpose and meaning that, that we've had such an impact on people's lives through collecting. But never in a million years did I imagine that we would have an opportunity to join the fight and protect people that are literally risking their lives every single day to save other people. And again, what, what we did isn't more important than what the healthcare workers are doing, but we certainly had a, had a hand in that. And it's by far the most rewarding and unexpected thing that, you know, that ever could come out of making acrylic cases for people's little dollies, you know? So
0: it's, it's just been a great experience and we're just so honored to be part of it. It's brilliant. It's brilliant, and and so selfless that, as I say, you knocked out over two hundred. That that is that's good going. It's um, yeah, brilliant. Just one other thing before we move off from CAS. They say you say you'll you'll design any kind of box really to to display people's items. Um, I've seen all sorts of stuff. I've seen someone with recently with um all the uh, I'm trying to think of something like the wax packets for, uh, tops all in a row yep. in an acrylic case. I've seen unused ships with all the sticker sheets boxed up into them up down to little things um you literally will turn your hand to anything and produce anything the customer wants won't you yeah i mean that's
1: that's we want to be the yes company absolutely um you know there's other companies that if something's not complete or you know it's not something that they typically will grade or it's too complex you know it was hard to find a place to do it you for us it's fun and we we don't ever want to tell a collector no and 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 all those creative interesting things that that you mentioned and and others that we've done are all product of creator uh, collector ingenuity and creativity it's not our ideas it's people's ideas that bring bring them to us and so to have that vehicle that we can help them achieve their vision of how they want their collection i mean i don't need to tell you how important it is to people how they display their collection to some people it's one of the most important things other than family and their professional lives and so to give people the medium by which they can accomplish certain visions it's great it's so much fun, so yeah. much fun.
0: And where do people find CIS? Um, the, you,
1: <laughs> these days, you can find us pretty much anywhere. There's so many different places, but we we got a website collectorarchive.com, on Facebook Collector Archive Services, Instagram Collector Archive, um, and we're now actually starting out really to put content on our YouTube channel. Um, you know, we're, we're we're gonna have folks send in, actually leverage our our collector customer base and have people send in one minute or two minute videos of their favorite CAS pieces, do unboxings, have interviews with, with our collectors, our collector customers, and just have a lot of fun and add some educational
0: value to it. So you can find that on collector archive services and on YouTube. Yeah. Sounds uh sounds brilliant. Mate. Absolutely Thank you, Brilliant. Now Let's go on to the way we're going to look at your collection tonight. So we, we tend to use a five-step five, five step brawl on Generation Skywalker, whether we're recording a round table, we choose five topics, blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. with collections from like yourself, we've got you want to look at your collection. I asked you to choose five items from your collection. Now, anyone that's seen your collection, you have got some stunning pieces, some stunning displays, all sorts of stuff. So to choose five items is always gonna be quite difficult. You've chosen a real kind of eclectic mix. It's very, very different um as we try to curate your collection through these five items. And the first item you sent me was a hand solo, small head hand on a Kenner card back. Um what's the story behind this? Why have you chosen this as one of your five?
1: Yeah so that's as I said I'm a Han Solo focus collector um first and foremost. And so that that ticks that box. Um I collect I started out with my collecting, just collecting Han Solo original on any card for, you know, non-US, US, US, um, and kind of branched out and I think I'll start collecting the other Han variations as well. I got real crazy into pre-production Han Solo stuff as well. Um, And that that became, you know, uh, consuming to finances and time and a lot of other things. So I moved off. From a lot of those pieces, but this is one of the few that remained. It's a white footer, um, Han Solo, and so you know that the white footer is the earliest um, produced twelve backs. Um, And this is a Hong Kong variation. There's Hong Kong and Taiwan. Um, Most folks believe that the Hong Kong white footer is actually not only is it the earliest twelve back, it's a pre-production sample. It was given to salesmen before the line came out. They would go and use, try to pitch the line to Toys R Us and KB and all the other places that sold toys. And this one in particular, you know, I'm not, there's a lot of people that have blazed the trail in Star Wars collecting and were dumpster diving in the late 80s, early 90s to bring to market lots of prototypes and other things from Cincinnati and and Kenner otherwise and Kenner employees throughout the country. I've never really been someone who who did anything like that. Although I wish I did. <laughs> you know, those, those people pulled up crazy stuff for, you know, not a lot of money and turned around and had some great stuff. But this one, the, a, the niece of a Kenner salesman had posted this on eBay along with a white footer or two again, this, the same situation. And she posted that she was, you know, as I said, the niece of a Kenner salesman and I ended up getting the, both the pieces pretty sweet deal now you know there's kind of mixed information in the hobby whether the white footers actually were salesman samples or not or were actually production and just were the first 12 backs off the line and still sold at retail and so the fact that this woman who basically didn't know what she had um yeah i still paid a good price for them, um but in kind of lend credence because her uncle was a salesman lend a lot of credence to the fact that they were internal pieces sales pieces that were intended to pitch the line and not intended for production and it's cs graded by the way too so that that that's also why i chose that piece as well <laughs> cas graded that item as well um and you know it's, it's funny since since i joined cas i'm always you know i send a decent amount of my stuff if i buy at a show or what have you i do a lot of shows and travel travel the country and hopefully one of these days i'll make it to the uk i want i, I watch the uh some of the virtual farthest from today, and it's it's a show I want to get to i I'd love to come and have c a s pay my way to get there at some point, but you know i as I said when I pick up a, a a piece at a show and send it down with other customer submissions, i'm always wary if I ever sell or a limelight a piece that c e s has graded um because you know i don't want people to ever think that there is a perceived conflict of interest that I own the company, so it really should be an eighty, but I made it an eighty-five or a ninety, or what have you. Um, so, if anyone ever thinks that there's a bias or a conflict of interest, they should look at this piece. It's graded a CES
0: fifty, which is a pretty, which is a pretty low grade. Yeah, because I think you're being a bit harsh on it. Actually, when well, I haven't seen the back of it, but yeah, I can see there's probably a slight wave on the card there, isn't there? Um,
1: it's it's in pretty rough shape. It, it was. It was stored pretty pretty poorly, and um, the bubble. I mean, there's a, w- a bunch of water damage on it. The bubble had opened a little bit, and there's a bunch of like dirt and debris. It just it's just a, a, a you know piece of garbage, carded <laughs> failure. But it's it's you know it's such an early piece, and you know an item that I love love having in my collection is a great piece for a Han Solo collector.
0: Is is there many other um han solo 12 a's around with the white footer
1: so it's a great question too at the time it was there was not known that a han solo um came on a white footer i think at, at the time maybe there was seven or eight white footers for the first 12 that were found um none han solo this was the first one that was found i i felt like a champion because i had the only one and subsequently two more have been found since then so other.
0: I'm not a special anymore. I'm not a special. But you still love me, hopefully. <laughs> so so this, is, this is the only Han Solo item you've picked in your five. Yep. Is this the most important piece of your Han Solo run? That's a good question.
1: Um, I don't know that it's the most important. Um, you know, as I said, I, I, I got into into pre-production for all the Han Solo uh, collectibles, for all the Han Solo variations, pretty hard maybe in two thousand. 14 or so and picked up a a decent amount of pieces before prices got crazy. Um, And over the last, I think about a year and a half ago, I sold pretty much all of them, you know, just about 20 pieces. Again, someone who has several hundred, not several hundred, but a couple hundred pieces or or more in my collection, um, I was able to sell 20 pieces for pretty high values. People pay a lot for that stuff, um, and so I had some some pretty key pieces, but all that stuff is gone. This is one of the few pre-production pieces that remain. But you know, I, whether it's the most important or not, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't necessarily play that game. What's your favorite piece? I have a, I have a lot of things
0: I really like a lot. What other kind of things are in your hands? Solo focus. Just as a bit of an overview.
1: You know, as I said, I, I, um, I collect primarily now production, um, for. Han original on you know that, that, that probably now that I'm thinking about it as I'm saying what I'm going to say that probably is the most expensive piece that I've retained. Um, I still have one or two other pre-production pieces, um, but mostly it's you know Han original on U.S. Kenner any different card front. I don't I don't get too crazy into card back variations. For the same reason that I that I said, you know, when we we're talking about the ceiling in my collection room, if on the back it looks almost exactly the same, or sorry, the front it looks exactly the same, I'm you know I don't get too crazy about back variations. So I've completed the Kenner run, and I have a bunch of different non-US Han Solo originals as well. I have a nice little wall of that. And that's basically it. You know, I have a bunch of modern modern prototypes, which are which are great. I've, I collect those too, and those don't break the bank. You know, just the the vintage pre production stuff. The prices had gotten so high that it, you know it wasn't fun. It really wasn't fun for me that anymore. I was spending you know a lot of money to to accumulate a collection that frankly made me nervous to have that kind of money into into a collection. So selling those items kind of freed me. And and I get just as much pleasure out of out of buying a modern prototype for a hundred bucks than I would for a vintage one for three, four, five, six thousand dollars, which again is—I'm not a rich person. That's a lot of money to spend on a on a on a
0: collectible. It is, yeah, yeah. You've got to be comfortable with having it. Obviously, apart from modeling yourself on him, why Han Solo?
1: You know, it, it, I kind of fell into it when I when I first started collecting. I started collecting, but in, in 2012, again seriously as an adult, it was in that mode. and I'm sure you can remember this, where you just. I was just buying everything. And again, I wasn't one of these people that came into the hobby with a splash and was you know, buying $1,000 items. I was buying carded figures that fifty, hundred, two hundred $50, 100 200 but I was just buying everything, anyone that I could find within that range. And after a year or so, I looked at my collection and I had you know, four or five Han Solo carded figures that you know, were a couple of which were pretty key pieces. Um, I liked the look of it. I liked the green um it wasn 't necessarily anything about Han Solo that he was ever my favorite um or you know i don 't i don 't desire to have a piece of harrison ford 's hair or a lock of hair you know i wasn 't one of those people that was obsessive about about the actor or, or the character i I liked the character just fine, but I also looked around at the time and it 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 amazed me that you know for the for the key focus collector runs that i was aware of different collectors that collected them no one really collected han Han original so i was like well this is probably going to be expensive as hell but might as well go ahead and do it but i always envied people that that chose you know prune face or um you know nine number one of the later characters to focus on because there's only there's a much smaller universe of stuff to collect for those people so I think I shot myself in the foot by by choosing a first world character.
0: And most definitely, you don't go into all the like oddball type items as well.
1: Like it's like anything else, man. If I go to a show or I'm out somewhere with you know a meet up or what have you, and there's a Hansel related item that I think would look good in my collection, I buy it. But you know I'm not scrolling eBay or the Facebook groups all the time looking for. You know, Han Solo margarine containers or things like that. You know, it does that. It's not necessarily my prime focus. I like, I like the figures. I really do.
0: Yeah, totally. Well, that that moves us on to the the second item you sent me then, which is I'm taking it. This is in a a, a cast case again. No, it's in an AFA case. uh
1: Oh, <laughs> isn't an AFA piece the, yeah. from the from the other guys? Oh man.
0: Yeah, no, I just zoomed in on that. Didn't didn't expect to see that. Um, is an early bird kit. Yep. Why does this make your is It's a great piece, isn't it?
1: Yeah, thank you. And and by the way, AFA does a great job, and there's there's no animosity towards them at all. We, they're they're a wonderful company. I was a I was a customer of theirs for you know a while before it became part of CES. Um, and they've done great things as well. I actually think that's why I chose that piece as well. Because I figured you might ask that question, I forgot it was a, it was a couple of weeks ago that I sent you these pictures. But um you know, the early bird kit—it was one that I think I I got my first one six or so years ago, and I remember it was it was a one piece. A, of course, it started it all right. I think that's the easy place you go with that. And so I remember when I got it, it, it was the one piece that I would stare at for. You know, not ours. I don't mean to sound like a a maniac (laughs) or I wouldn't just sit there and stare at like a like a lunatic, but you know, that I would actually I would take out and look at every angle of it and really enjoy it and really appreciate the fact that, you know, something that was so early in the line had survived, you know, un unopened. And it's it, it still amazes me that an item like that can can remain as it was and that it wasn't torn apart by by a child. Um, and it's so important to Star Wars collecting, um, but I, I eventually sold it, and I regretted it. And until um, the the Hakes auction last fall, this one was for sale. There was a couple early bird kits that were set were for sale, which which was strange that the three would come up at once. But you know, whereas I think I I sold my other one was an AFA eighty. It was a transition transition variation which is a rarer version which has the um luke skywalker in a general mills blue bag it has general mills on it i don't know if you've ever seen that one but yeah. it's a transition between the dt and the non-dt um and sold that one for probably three times what i bought this one for it was a great deal um and you know it's graded a 70 by afa the you know I think for the early bird kit they they grade the box the baggies for the figure and the figures themselves everything was an, an 85 meaning a high grade except for the box which was graded a 70 now the reason it was graded a 70 is on the back of the box someone had written in black magic marker Star Wars guys right <laughs> written Star Wars guys on it which is it just I love that so much I didn't care about the grade. Right. I mean, again, that sounds crazy for someone who owns a grading company to say they don't care about the grade. But, you know, everything was so nice. It happened to be graded as 70 because someone wrote Star Wars guys on it. But, you know, it just, it, this piece is, is early. It's, it's what started it all. It um, just showed you that sometimes the grade isn't the most important thing. And, and, and frankly, the fact that Star Wars guy is written on it. Um, just gave it so much character and I, lo- I love the piece love the piece
0: I totally agree with you I th- I think it's better because it's got that on the back of it I think
1: right that's a
0: bit that's of character
1: yeah, yeah.
0: personality to it and just yeah there's something um, yeah that some someone has kept it so tidy but then to face the back of the box with Star Wars guys I just well, I
1: mean, how mean how are you how are you going to remember what's in the box unless you write Star Wars guys <laughs> on it come on
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It, it, it is an amazing piece. Um, do you do you remember the early bird? I don't. I don't know how old you are, Ross. To be honest with you, and I, but um, I just wondered if if you've got any recollection of it. I don't.
1: I was I was born in 1978. I'm 42. Oh yeah. So this this was yeah this was before <laughs> my time. Um, my earliest re- memories of, of Star Wars War was right before Jedi. Probably after Empire had come out. Um, I remember buying some figures with my father. This is my very earliest memory. But the only movie that I saw in the theater
0: was was Jedi. Fasc- fascinating backstory to it. Yeah, pretty pretty neat. Now the the third item, um, I think you said this was a, a wall in your collection room, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: hmm Which has got three large items framed on the wall. So I'll let you you run with that. But first of all, yeah, is your card. With the racetrack round, this wall wasn't it. It's got the Star Wars logo, the Hilda brand. Right,
1: right, yeah. That's and that's that's my favorite of the three walls. Obviously, you know, it's got the 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 Star Wars racetrack, which you know, talk about iconic. Uh, You know, it's one of the most iconic images, and and you know, it's what I think it's a big part of the reason that that I remain captivated by the packaging and the toys, just. I just love it so much. And that's why I wanted that to be on that wall. Um, and along with the, the empire and return of the Jedi ones. And um, so, you know, on that wall, just this three items. Um, and that's part of where I think some of my collection is gone to. Um, I've, I've moved toward more towards items that I can frame. I love, you know, getting a poster or um, some larger item, now, in in particular, the the three items that are there, um, the they go in order from Star Wars. Uh, it's revenge, but it's a it's a Empire Strikes Back image, and then and then return. So, starting on the on the left side, the Star Wars one is a mock up sticker sheet, and so what that was is if you can see, there's a bunch of different Star Wars logos in various sizes and pieces of a racetrack. It was an internal piece at Kenner. Um, as they were doing mocking up boxes or getting different designs ready to present for what the the box art would look like they, if they needed to cut out a star Wars logo to put on a mockup box or a racetrack to put on it, this was a big sticker sheet that they'd cut from. Um, And there's just a few cuts in in this sheet. It's not a complete sheet, but it's intact enough that it's, it's a really interesting display piece. Um, And then next to that, uh, is a Revenge of the Jedi Millennium Falcon proof sheet, um, and so it's the the same image of the of the Millennium Falcon box that appeared when they re released it in Empire with you know a Bespin scene with uh, the Bespin guards and I think Lando is in that image, um, but with obviously with the Revenge logo on it, which is great. It's a Revenge proof, which I I think is pretty desirable. Vehicle proofs you don't save as often as you do the the figure re- revenge proofs. Um, so I, I love that piece. And I picked that up very early in my collecting. Actually, that was my very first pre-production piece of anything. Um, I paid a fraction of probably what it's worth today, which is great. And then to the right of that is a Chromalin for the Adat at uh, in the Jedi box. And so the, it's non, non-production. non the, the AT-AT what's written underneath that at um is different than production i i i am not looking at it directly with with me right now to to say well, how it was different than production but i think the script uh of how they describe uh the walker is, is different um and it's a chromalin, which is an earlier stage than the proof it's printed on glossier heavier card stock um and re- that would that would be what they'd actually mark changes off of um, that's really more of a proof than the final proof. A proof sheet really isn't a proof. That was just to see what it would look like final. The Chromalin is really where they would mark changes and, and quote-unquote proof it. Um, and so that's that's my favorite wall in my collection room. There's not much there. It's just three items, but, you know, that's really my favorite place in my collection room.
0: That They are stunning, aren't they? They look amazing. Thanks, man. Is there is there any changes on the at a,
1: not on that one no other other than the fact that they they did as i said under the word under at it says imperial imperial terrain, whatever the final the letters are the, the final word there and i think they either took off imperial or added it in production i can't i can't recall which is which but um that is different than the final production but no there's no handwritten comments or otherwise on this one so i'm I'm glad no one from Kenner scribbled on my, on my Gromo. <laughs> Although it's actually cooler if they did. It is cooler if they did. It is a beautiful wall. Come visit. Oh, I'd love to.
0: Love to. One, yeah.
1: One of these days. One of these
0: days. Yeah. Yeah. I'll probably hold you to that. I'd probably jet out with Jez or something one day.
1: That, <laughs> knock on your door. <laughs> there would be nothing nothing better. That would, that would be a dream for me.
0: <laughs> Staying on the kind of uh, your proof sheets and stuff. So we're going outside of Star Wars here. Mm-hmm. now anyone who goes and watches your video of your collection room will notice that you're you've got a lot of uh, master of the universe stuff i noticed in there but but also gi joe obviously a huge yep. fan obviously resonates with you obviously got memories of it and this is another wall which is i think is is it all gi joe it is it is yep yep um, i don't know it's... anything about gi joe so
1: <laughs> it's, it's all good i, I chose this one you know, and, and I think it dovetails nicely into, you yes, asked when I was born, if I remember the early bird. You know, I was born in 78, so I, I was certainly old enough to collect Star Wars, and I, I love Star Wars and had it. Now, those the first toys I played with, and I, I still have my childhood figures, which is great. But I really, you know, when G.I. Joe came out in 82, and really when the line peaked in 87, 88, I was nine, ten years old. I was you know, more of a boy, less of a, of a, of a toddler or child. Um, and I'd say that was, that was probably my favorite growing up the thing I played with the most. And, you know, I, I chose this to, because I I love other than that Star Wars wall, this might be my favorite wall down in my basement. Now that's actually outside the collection room. Uh, much to my wife's chagrin, I've taken over the whole basement with stupid <laughs> pop culture things. And, you know, this is consistent with the, I, I like to hate, you know, frame things up and my basement basically has, you know, just dumb frame stuff throughout. I'll have like a garbage pail kids poster or the He-Man poster that I've probably spent more to frame it than the posters worth, but things like that, that make me happy. And so that's one big wall. Those are, those are proof sheets for the packaging for all of the first 20 figures of the GI Joe line. You know, the one to the far left is a, is a nine back, Proof sheet. That's the first nine figures. All the proofs, all in one sheet. So it's it's an incredibly special piece. I think there's three of those that exist, um, and so it, it just really, really. I love the card back art. You know, as much as Star Wars collectors, we we obsess over the card art, the, the images that appeared on the on the cards. Those are just pictures, right? You know, and they're great pictures of, of parts of the film, but the GI Joe card back art really was art. Um, and it just, it captivated, you know, folks here in the U.S. I know you guys had an action man or action. Was it action force that was action force like was you? the smaller yeah. ones. Yeah. It was the action force. And so I think a lot of those images appeared in the UK as well. Um, just great stuff. And I, again, I showed that because it's, I, I, I like frame stuff. Um, and also to show that I do collect stuff other than, than star Wars, which by being part of CAS, that was a big part of it, right? But before I joined C S I I was primarily a Star Wars collector. I branched out a little bit into other lines, but we get so many different lines in at CAS. And every time someone co- submits something that I haven't seen before, I'm like, oh my god, I got, I got to have that. Before you know it, you got a, a bunch of like McDonaldland figures from the 1970s in your collection. You know, <laughs> Ronald McDonald and Grimace and and all the other ones. So,
0: <laughs> just just out of interest, so. When, when you compare g i Joe to Star wars how um readily available is is things like the prototype and the proof sheets and um i don't need you to to name prices but what about how is it comparable to prices from a star wars proof sheet
1: yeah that's and that's a that's a big part of the attraction to I me mean, not only the fact that i i, I love the line and loved it as a
0: kid um
1: you know to pick up you know that that if that was a twelve the nine back proof sheet right that's the equivalent of having a twelve back proof sheet, which would be ten, fifteen times, or ten times what I paid for the equivalent GI Joe nine back proof sheet. Now that's that's the extreme example because it, you know twelve back proof sheet would be a highly desirable item, but you know some of those other I have other single proof cards that are a quarter of what you'd pay in Star Wars, maybe a fifth in, in some some cases depending. Um, It's hard to make an apples to apples comparison, of course, but generally speaking, you know, 25% of of what the equivalent Star Wars is. And so, you know, if you're a pre-production collector, that's that's where I kind of moved. As I said, the, the Han Solo and Star Wars stuff that I had, it just got into crazy prices that, you know, for someone with a wife and three kids and I'm the only worker in the family, um, it just felt hard to keep that. Keep money like that tied up, and I don't feel as bad when when I buy this, the GI Joe stuff, especially when it was off the back of selling a bunch of Star Wars stuff. And so this this stuff is available. It it actually may be more available than Star Wars pre production stuff. There's there's fewer people that collect the GI Joe pre production. Um, so if and when I I want to sell, it's probably going to be much harder for me to get rid of than. Than the star wars stuff is but i currently don't have any plans so i'm
0: just enjoying is the gi joe community as big as the Star Wars community i know obviously it's going to have a big following but star wars is huge isn't it now
1: yeah it's it's not as big i mean it, it's certainly tight-knit there's some, some wonderful people i've met over the last several years as i've gotten into that community but it's not nearly the size of star wars and you know star wars it, it just has so much content on there and I mean, you know, as well as I do, when you go to celebration, it's not, it's not just the, the vintage toy collectors, it's the 501st and the tattoo people and the cosplay people and just people from all different walks of life and different, um, interests related to Star Wars. So it's, G.I. Joe not a fraction of that. No, it's very interesting.
0: I did notice actually, and you, um, you were saying G.I. Joe was your probably main toy growing up. Mine was Master of the Universe. I've got many happy memories, but, um. I love the two-pack mailers in your in your collection. Do they oh, come up often you. over in the States? They're
1: hard to find. They're really hard to find. And it's interesting that I got into those. And by the way, we're going to turn you into a Masters in the Universe collector here, Stu. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the, the line art, if you've seen, I think on the on the uh, Star Wars department store packs, the 15-pack has like a line art design on it. Have you ever seen which one I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah I, think I, think I know what you're talking about, yeah that that line art just killer love it love how that looked and you know the masters of the universe has the same you know line art on on the department store two packs and so i've gotten really into it they're, they're hard to find you know they again they don't break the bank you know, some of these star wars department store mailers are thousands and thousands of dollars you know i paid anywhere from 500 to 800 which again is it's not cheap um but it's a lot more reasonable than than the equivalent star wars so, I'm having a lot of fun with that. I think I have eight or nine of those so
0: far. Yeah, they really popped to me when I was watching your video. Yeah.
1: Even more reason to come visit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've got to get me out of the room, I don't think.
1: Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. Bringing it back to Star Wars. Yeah. Your, your, final, your final image is of a loose, a loose Darth Vader, mm-hmm. which I assumed was a childhood one when you sent it to me. It's a, it's
1: a very understandable assumption. So, you know, hopefully, folks can see it. But if if they can't, it's a it's a dead mint Vader. Um, you know, the 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 saber is is perfect, but there's frosting on it, right? The frosting on the legs, like it sat in the bubble too long. When I was er- very early in my Star Wars collecting, I did a deal with a gentleman. One of the one of the very earliest um, collectibles that I bought in person and. The, certainly, the first twelve max. This guy had an off uh, advertisement. Actually, I had an advertisement on Craigslist at the time. You, you folks don't have Craigslist, but you, you probably heard of it. It was it's it's an online online ad service that a lot of people sold stuff through before Facebook came and took over a lot of that. People still advertise on Craigslist, but it's it's gone down. But I had an advertisement at, at the time to buy Star Wars collectibles, and this guy contacted me and he said. I have Death Squad Commander number, you know, blah 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 blah. Stormtrooper number eight nine two four six. What he was reading was the skew on the top left, right? You know, on the top. That's left right on the front of the card. Car, yeah. Right. So the guy, he wasn't a collector. Didn't know what was going on. Obviously, no one, no one described Star Wars collectibles that way. But he had um, five twelve backs and sent me pictures of them, and it was great. And so I went. I was, you know, you, you ever? I don't know if you've done a lot of scoring in the wild but the feeling when you're on your way you know with a a pile of money to go meet someone in person for something like that it was it was the biggest one that I had very early on and I was I was just pumped I get there and I go and I meet this guy and these 12 backs are pristine he had bought them I think at a movie theater or something maybe a department store or something at the time all the way back early when the line first came out had them in his attic and had forgotten about him forever until he found them, saw my ad and, and met me up. And it was five dead mint, 12 backs, a Chewbacca, a Death squad commander, Stormtrooper, I'm I'm forgetting the other one. And, and a, and a Vader, all beautiful, except for the Vader had tape all around the bubble. And so I asked the guy, I was like, these are all dead men. What, what's the story with this one? And he said, when I was doing research about these figures, I saw that you, if I had a double telescoping Darth Vader, it would be worth significantly more money. So I opened the figure to see if it was double telescoping. <laughs> right? And so I'm like, excuse me? What? And, and so he had taped it back on the bubble. Right? And, and obviously, had it been a D, I mean, these were actually, these were all 12 A's too. So it could have been, been a DT. But had it, had it been a DT, removing it from the card would have been the worst thing that he could have done. Did you right? tell him that? I mean, I, I just told him you, you probably could have told him what it was. You probably <laughs> figured out what it was, not by opening up the card. But what, what's done is done. He had done it. And so, you know, these, these, these card figures had sat in his loft for, you know, up in his attic for years and years and years and it had frosting on the leg like it sometimes does when when you know the plastic degrades over time. And so that Vader is now and has been the loose Vader in my loose collection. I never removed the frosting from the leg as a reminder that people do really stupid things.
0: And <laughs> like you say it's got the backstory with it, hasn't it, with the frosting? Yeah.
1: That's one of that's one of my favorite stories. It's just it was it was such a rush, such a great find, um, and such a stupid person that would do that, right? Uh, but he didn't know. Obviously, he didn't know. Um, but it's, you know, I'll I'll never remove that. I hope that frosting never goes off. Obviously, people, you know, go through a lot of methods to remove frosting from figures. It's undesirable, but the frosting is what makes that that figure story.
0: Yeah, it's got a great backstory, isn't it? It's better than what I was expecting, and you were just telling me that was my childhood toy and my first figure. That's what I was expecting. Right, right. So, uh, yeah. Much better. Yeah, five brilliant um items there, like Ross. And and like I said, any anyone's really I'm sure the majority of collectors have seen it, but go and check out that video because it is a sight to behold. You um you you used to have obviously your displays. You, you haven't got them anymore, have you?
1: No, that's part of part of uh, part investing of, in a grading yeah. company. You gotta you gotta raise the money somehow. So I sold off
0: because that oh, was an impressive place. run as well wasn't
1: it yeah thank you those were and it's consistent with what i was saying before i, I like collecting big flat things right things that are eye-catching so th- those really those really tick the box and i i miss that collection all the time but again it was you know it's all about you can only have so much money and i i spent a lot of money to invest in cas and be part of that so
0: something I had to give yeah I totally get that and it's a it's wonderful what you've got now. Anyway, you're not, you're not exactly got a uh, Nothing. Well, that, that's out there. part of it.
1: That's that's part of it too, right? I mean, I've never been one of these people that had to. I'm not a completist. I don't need to have everything. You know, I, I, there's a lot of pieces that have come in and out of my collection that I've enjoyed for a long time. But I'm not. I don't get too attached to stuff. Um, and I see collecting as a constant evolution of your collection. And I still have plenty of stuff. Um, I probably have way more stuff than any any person really needs right we don't need any of this stuff but it brings us joy and that's why we collect it
0: that's, it. that's what i'm always telling my wife yeah and <laughs> I, I think you're a lot like me you're, you're very um you you love a a get together don't you i know you've hosted a few over there but uh
1: yeah actually the, the 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 real big first one that i had since i moved to my home in new jersey about three years ago we had uh the empire state collector club came we had 40 some people that came here um, in the middle of January and people didn't realize it at the time, but it was, I mean, it may not be, but it, it probably will be the only meetup of the year for the group, which is which is crazy. But it was just, just a few months ago. Now, um, had we known at the time that it would be the, maybe be the only meetup we've had all year, maybe we would have stayed up all night or made it a two or three day bender or something. Right? <laughs> but um, no, it was, it was great. And that's, you know, again, I, people say it all the time. It's cliche now, but that's that's the best part of the hobby. It really was. It was great.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think it is the friendships you make and uh,
1: those events and people doing podcasts and talking to friends. Exactly.
0: Man, right? yeah, that's it. It's just uh, what it's about, really. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. What did you What did your wife think when you got forty other uh, Star Wars geeks rock up on your doorstep?
1: Uh,
0: my, you know,
1: I, I sometimes get jealous of of guys whose whose wives are in it with them. Will come to celebration. My wife's not into it, and and isn't doesn't do that. Um, and, and and frankly, I don't. I actually don't get jealous. I like the separation. You know, she she does her own thing. She's a wonderful mother to my children. Um, and she always she lets me get away with more shit than. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry I, I you can't swear. Maybe okay. <laughs> <I'm> gonna, <laughs> okay. She gets a lets me get away with a lot and and kind of do my thing in the hobby and has always been very supportive of it and she always says it's better than me drinking and gambling or you know staying out late or stuff like that. Now little does she know that part of Star Wars collecting is drinking and staying out late and (laughs) some of it is gambling because you you buy some pieces and you sell them for more or less. But we won't tell her that. We won't tell her that.
0: (laughs) Well, Ross is always a always a. Pleasure to have uh, to speak with you, and um, I'm I'm missing. Uh, I loved your. Even this feels like a long time ago, but I know since it's been in isolation, the the Randy Savage auction.
1: Ah, <laughs> you watched it. That's awesome. I'm glad you were there.
0: I, to be fair, I watched all of it because I was just amazed that you you kept it going for the whole the whole time. Because um,
1: it was not the easiest voice I, to do, is it? No, I was I was close to death. I was close <laughs> to death. It was. I mean. I don't know if you saw that. That uh, well, obviously you saw this suit, but it was pleather, like a plastic leather. And I'll tell yeah. you, brother, that does not breathe well. It does not breathe well. <laughs> I was, I was, I was sweating like a like a prostitute in church, man. It was not good. It was not good.
0: <laughs> it was,
1: you know, I I did that fully intending to lose money. You know, I don't know if you if you watch a lot of these uh, a lot of these guys that do auctions online, but a lot of them start. Their starting bids on some of these things are uh, started. Their starting bid on some of these items are higher than the eBay selling price. So they're already starting above eBay prices, right? And I feel like folks are trying to gouge them. I just wanted to have fun. Everything was five dollars. I, I five dollars starting bid. I fully intended to lose money, and I actually ended up making a little money, which much to my surprise. So, um it was good. Maybe. Maybe down the road I'll do a Hulk Hogan or something like that, or the Ultimate Warrior. We'll see. Oh, I'd we'll love see. to see
0: Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> 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 that, would, uh, that would bring a bring a few smiles Yes, yeah. So the only thing you lost that night was a few pounds in weight, I suppose. I, 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 I could use it, so it was, it was all good. It was all good. Well, brilliant. Uh, Ross, thank you so much for joining me. I'm sure we'll have you on again in the future, maybe for a, a good old grading debate or something. That's always a hot topic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep, yeah, of course, of course. I wish you guys the best with with the show. Um, I was very, very happy to see that you're doing it, and just another one that will be in my favorites and will bring me a lot of joy. So, you guys are doing a great job so
0: far. Keep it going. Thank you, mate. Really do appreciate it.